Welcome to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jen Dugard. I'm so excited that you're here and now part of this very important movement for change in the way mums are looked after in the fitness industry. In 2020, 4.35 million women used our gyms and fitness facilities in comparison to 3.5 million men. Further to this, in 2016, the ABS reported that 77% of women over the age of 15 in Australia would become mothers. This is 3.35 million mothers or 42.7% of a personal trainer's potential clientele. Yet our fitness certificates don't teach us enough and mums themselves receive very little, if any, education about how to move safely and effectively. I am here to change that. This podcast is an accumulation of over 16 years in the fitness industry, a decade working face-to-face with mums themselves and teaching thousands of trainers in my Safe Return to Exercise certification. And most recently, bringing mums and trainers together around the MumSafe brand. This podcast is the next step into raising our voices and bringing mums and the trainers that work with them into the arena to achieve our mission of safe and effective exercise for women at every stage of motherhood. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mum Safe Movement Podcast. I'm Jen Dugard, and this week is a real business-focused episode. So the concept of this podcast is to bring together trainers that work with the mums and mums themselves. And what I promised in the first couple of episodes is that I would offer those fitness businesses and trainers that want to really make sure the mums that they're looking after are being looked after safely and effectively and growing businesses that can truly support them, that I would give you some of the insights to that. So today I'm going to run you through my checklist to launch your mum focused fitness business or offering. And I say or offering because what I know is some of our beautiful and most amazing mum safe trainers don't only run their businesses for mums, but they do either have a specific offering for mums inside of that business, or they know how to work with mums in a really effective way inside their general or generic offering. So today I'm going to run you through how you would launch or some of the things that you would need to consider if you are launching either a program specific to mums inside of your fitness business or you're launching a fitness business for mums. And you might even be someone who's running a fitness business for mums, but you want to go backtrack and go, have I done all of those things? So there is a, um, a resource that goes along with today's episode. So if when you finish listening or at any time you were to go to www.gendugard.com forward slash checklist. So one word checklist, you can download the resource that goes with this conversation. So let's get started. First up, if you are offering a specific program to mums, to pre and postnatal women, you must hold a certification. So I was recently part of a focus group that re-evaluated reviewed, that's the right word, reviewed the Active pre and postnatal exercise guidelines. And I'll be super honest with you guys, I was the person sitting there going, I want every single trainer that works with mums to have had to have done a pre and postnatal certification. Um, I'm that person going, 
If you've got a mum walking into your class, no matter whether that class is just for mums or not, that trainer must have a certification. That'd be the gold standard, right? The reality is we want more mums exercising than not. So research tells us that we want pregnant women to be moving and we want postpartum women to be moving as well. So if I got my way and we said that if a woman, a visibly pregnant woman or a postpartum mum, um, which we know postpartum, once postnatal, always postnatal. So once she's had a baby until she's no longer with us, she is a mum or she is postpartum, then any mums walking into, say, a group fitness class, a Les Mills class, um, you know, something at your at a gym, just a generic fitness class, if they were a mum and that trainer did not hold a pre and postnatal certification, they would have to turn that woman away, which made me kind of really rethink my stance. So I still believe that every single exercise professional should have a sound general knowledge in working with mums. And until we get to that stage, women are going to slip through the cracks. But I also understand the merit in saying, hey, look, unless you're advertising to specifically to mums or pre and postnatal women as your demographic, it's okay if you don't hold that certificate. So that's what's inside the most recent Oz Active pre and postnatal guidelines. I might pop those in the show notes for show notes for you so you can download them. Um, but if in the context of today's conversation, you are either offering or planning to offer your whole business or a specific class to a pregnant or postnatal mum or marketing to mums. Can you hear my dog shaking in the background? She's like. What, what's going on? <laughs> if you're watching on video, she goes and sits, sits on the couch every time. So if you are offering a specific program to a mum or pre and postnatal, that is when you need to make sure that you hold a specific pre and postnatal certification. If you're wondering where you can go and get that, we have, if, if you're listening to this episode in real time, we've got two more virtual safe return to exercise courses happening in 2023. We've got a weekday course happening in August and a weekend course in November. So if that is something that you're interested in, um, head to the website. I'll pop the that link as well in the show notes. You'll have lots in this week's show notes and you can go and check that out. So number one on your list, you must complete a pre and postnatal certificate if you haven't done already. So you must be qualified for the, um, I guess the, the disciplines or the offerings that you're putting out into the world. In this case, pregnancy and postpartum. Number two, let's go out and help you to find a location. So if you're working outdoors, Let's think about where that location will be. Make sure it's got great features for an outdoor training business. Make sure it's got toilets close by. Make sure it's got available parking. That's a really big one, not only for the mums, but if you're carting gear to and from your car, you're going to want to make sure that you've got an easy place to park in order to get the equipment to your spot. And the other key thing in Australia is shade. So please make sure that you have great shade for the mums that you're working with. Um, make sure that you've got all of your insurance and updated to the, 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 offerings that you want to create and also you apply for any licenses. So if you're in a park, um, you need to make sure you've got your council licenses before you start running your sessions. For example, if you have insurance, 
You say that you're working outdoors. You're supposed to hold a council license. If something happened in that area and you don't have that license, there may be a question around your, um, I guess, your insurance. So that's always a really important thing to check in with that. Um, next thing, make sure or find and create a relationship with a women's or pelvic health physiotherapist. I'm not going to deep dive into that today. Um, you can go back and listen to my episode with Joe Murdoch and also the episode with Magdalena Hawley. Both of those episodes highlighting how important it is if you're a fitness business advertising to mums or working with mums that you must have a really great relationship with a women's or pelvic health physiotherapist. In my opinion, it's an absolute non-negotiable. Next thing you want to do is update your specific to postnatal pre-exercise questionnaire or pre and postnatal questionnaire, uh, medical questionnaire. Uh, if you are someone who partakes in safe return to exercise, our certification, we give you one of those um, questionnaires that you can implement within your business. So we take you through everything that you need to know around what questions to ask your pregnant mums, what questions to ask your postpartum mums, and everything that you need on that questionnaire. But please make sure you're not someone that is asking those three generic questions of, have you had a baby in the last 12 months? Have you had your six-week checkup? And do you feel okay? It's absolutely not enough. Next up, you want to organize your equipment. I love this one. So, so many people say, Jen, how much equipment do I need to run an outdoor? Let's talk about outdoor for the time being, outdoor fitness business for mums. I can put my hand, I'm putting it on both sides, hand on my heart and say that I ran group exercise sessions in Centennial Park for 10 years with very, very minimal equipment. The majority of the equipment that the equipment that I carried around was for the babies. So I like to make sure that we had toys, bounces, all of that kind of thing to make sure that they were well looked after. For the mums themselves, we had resistance bands, the ones with the handles. Uh, and we also had some medicine balls that we pulled out now and again, but please make sure you never throw a medicine ball at a woman with a weak pelvic floor. So if you're going to use medicine balls in your classes, make sure you qualify the people that are doing any of that dynamic movement of throwing and catching. But generally your resistance bands with the handles are going to be a really great tool. Make sure you get them in the different strengths. So we had green, red, blue, and black. Um, people can double them up if they need to and make sure that you're just replacing them regularly. Uh, the reason for that is sometimes they snap, especially if they go from a uh, wet environment into a hot car, which is very common in Australian summer. If you need other equipment, have a think about that. You can go as crazy or as or as minimal as you feel like you want to do. And you can start with minimal. Remember nine times out of 10, the only person getting bored with the way that you're training things is you. And a lot of the mums that you're training need things to be simple to begin with, at least. Um, they're struggling with sleep, all of those kinds of things. Um, and we want to make sure they know how to safely and effectively use the equipment that you're giving to them. Next big question, do I use childcare or not? Um, that is entirely up to you. So we did have uh, nannies at every single session that we did in Centennial Park. We've got some of our mum safe trainers still use nannies. And when I say still, a lot of businesses got rid of nannies during COVID because it just came, became too challenging. Same with resistance bands and, and equipment, actually. So a lot of our trainers then got their clients to purchase that either from them or separately and bring, bring them to the class. So that is 
an option for you. But if you choose to use nannies or childcare of any kind within your fitness business, please make sure that you do the numbers. Unless you're running a big gym with lots and lots of members, maybe your membership capacity is 150 or 200 members and the cost of that nanny is weaved into uh, the cost of your business. If you are a small business running, you know, between two and even 10 sessions a week, those nannies will become one of the biggest costs to your business. So it's really, really important that you do your numbers and make sure that you can afford to offer childcare to your members. I think it's a really, really good thing to offer. And if I'm talking, thinking about it from a mum perspective, mums want time out. I wanted time out, but from a business perspective, it can be quite challenging, especially if you don't do your numbers and especially if you don't do it properly. So the nannies working for you must hold an ABN uh, and you must pay them through the book. So paying cash to one of the biggest expenses in your business is never going to make sense on paper. And make sure that your clients are paying for what you're giving to them. So I'm sure if there's any mums choosing to listen to this episode, that most mums will pay anything from $20 to $30 for a nanny to go on a night out. So all of a sudden you start to offer childcare with your training and that becomes a very valuable um, product offering to that mum that you're working with. Next up, make sure oh, you've got to decide on your pricing and your numbers in your sessions. We're going to have a beautiful expert on finance come onto our podcast in the coming weeks. But when you're deciding on your pricing on your numbers, make it make sense. Do the numbers. How much do you want to earn per week? And go work backwards. So if you want to earn $1,000 a week, how many mums do you need in your sessions? How, how much do those sessions need to cost? And go backwards from that. The biggest mistake I see trainers making in this space is simply plucking a number out of the air and running with it. Often that number is too low uh, because they feel like if they offer a cheaper price, more people will come. Yes, that's great if you've got unlimited capacity, but if you have a limited number of spots within your training sessions, therefore you can look after a limited number of people. It's really important that you understand what that number is and what that means your earning capacity is at the end of each week. So for example, if you've got 20 people per session, each person paying $20 per head and 10 people, um, sorry, 20, 10 people per session, each person's paying $20 per head, your earning capacity in that session is $200. Now, take away any costs, whether you've got nannies and things like that, how many sessions are you going to run? How many of those sessions do you need to run each week to earn $1,000 a week, $2,000 a week, whatever it may be within your, that you want to aim for. So I guess the biggest message here is do the numbers, download or create a projection spreadsheet and know exactly what you're doing um, or what your potential income can be within your fitness business with each offering that you provide. So you might start with group training, you might add some personal training, you might add some other offerings in there as well, but you need to be financially modeling everything that you do every step of the way. Inside of MumSafe, inside of our MumSafe Academy, we actually provide all of these Uh, spreadsheets, downloads, all of the things that you need in order to make sure that you know what what you're doing within your fitness business from a financial sense as well as from a delivery sense. Um, Decide on your launch date and trial weeks. Are you going to run trial weeks to put people into these sessions? I highly recommend trial weeks. I recommend that you run 
advertise more trial weeks than less to begin with because it's a lot easier to cancel trial weeks than go, oh, we don't have enough people, so we're going to extend our trial weeks. We want people to know that you are in demand, not that you are trying to, you know, clamber for clients every step of the way. So, And also for our mums, it gives them an opportunity to come and try working with you before they commit to working with you. We need to build that know, like, and trust. And we as trainers, if you're a mum that is listening to this, we want to demonstrate our knowledge. So the level of care that you should receive from someone who is specializing in working in this space is a lot higher than you're going to get from your generic trainer. So the level of pre-exercise screening that you are provided, the level of onboarding. So are they talking to you about your pelvic floor? Are they teaching you how to activate? Are they teaching you about your transverse abdominis? Are they checking you for abdominal separation? Are they referring you to one, to their pelvic health physios? All of those things as a mum listening to this episode are things that your trainer should be doing with you if they are truly, um, you know, having that high standard of working with mums. And if you're a trainer listening to this and going, oh, I either don't do that or I'm launching and I need to do that, please make sure you do. We need to set that high standard amongst um, trainers that are choosing to specialize in working with mums. Next up, you need to write some terms and conditions. I'm not going to go into that today, but please don't launch your business or your offering with no terms and conditions. You need to know when she's cat, like what your cancellation policy is, how long she's committed to you, all of those things. Run your business from a professional standard. Inside of MumSafe, we offer you a T's and C's uh, template, but it's not hard to go and find one. There's plenty of um, templates on the internet. We also work hand in hand with a company called Law on Earth who offer a membership where you can go and get uh, legal templates from them. If you're a member of Oz Active, they also have a part of their offering is that you can download templates from their legal partner there as well. So make use of those things that you potentially have access to as parts of your memberships. We then want to, when we know our, we want to set up our financial spreadsheet, we've done our financial projections and now we want to set up a profit and loss so we can monitor our actual income and expenses. And we want to set up a lead generation spreadsheet. I cannot tell you how many trainers that I work with that do not have a solid lead gen spreadsheet. So that means that they, they've they got, people might've contacted them and they're sitting in Facebook, they're sitting in Instagram messages, they're sitting on email. They can't keep track of the leads that are coming into their web, their, their, orbit and it's very hard then to go back to them so not only should those leads be coming onto a spreadsheet you want to document where they've come from how they found you you want to then put them into a crm system so whether it's mailchimp or something like that so you can regularly communicate with that person and if somebody doesn't sign up with you initially it doesn't mean that they're not coming back so i have spreadsheets around safe return to exercise that date back since it started in 2016 and i will contact at least 50 to 100 people individually every single time we run a new safe return to exercise course those of you that are listening and you've you know maybe you've done safe return to exercise but it took you a year to do that you will know that you've had more than one touch point from me, initiated by me, before you've potentially decided to, or the stars have aligned and you've managed to make the date. So especially with your mum market, you need to know how that person came to you. You need to know all of the notes about why they didn't sign up at the time and be able to go back to them and have a really great conversation about, hey, I'm launching my trial sessions next week. 
you know, you didn't come along last time we're in touch for X, Y, Z reason. How's life looking now? Are the stars stars going to align? Would you like to come for a trial? Um, There are statistics out there that say people need somewhere between seven and 11 invitations to actually come and work with you. So when you think you've messaged them enough, do it again. And, you know, there is a fine line between hassling people and inviting them. But I always try, if, if that is the case, I'll go, you know, if you don't want to hear from me again, please let me know. And I always give people an out inside of my lead generation or when I'm recontacting leads. So if this is you're launching this offering or this business for the first time, start that lead generation spreadsheet so that you can go back to it later. Mums especially, they have every intention to come and work with you, but then life gets in the way, children get sick, everything just gets too hard and they won't come to you for maybe three months, six months, even 12 months down the track. So make sure you're staying in contact with those people. Um, You then need to decide and set up some kind of payment gateway or booking system, you know, another spreadsheet and um, invoicing is not a bad way to go. Other than that, look at some different systems that are out in the marketplace. I used to use Bookio, so that's a good one to look at. MindBody is an option, although it's quite hard, um, not quite hard, quite expensive for a small business. But yeah, have a get out into the marketplace, have a look at what is out there. Uh, Set up your trial spreadsheet. So when people are coming to work with you, are you booking them into a spreadsheet so that you know who's turning up on what day? That is a really good idea. And that enables you to be able to confirm with them what um, that they're actually going to turn up to the trial session and also uh, follow up with them after your trial. Let's go into now considering how you set up the reach out for your business. So, you know, you've got like the the technical stuff. We've just talked about a lot of technical stuff. And now we're going to talk about things that you need to create within your business. So number one would be understanding your perfect client. Um, we have a lot of resources around doing that inside of MumSafe. If you're going to uh, run a business, you want a brand, you want a logo, or you maybe you need a new offering that goes into your current brand. So have a think about creating something that really talks to your ideal client. We don't want brands that we have to explain. Yeah. So even taglines, I find some people, you know, we've got these really creative, really meaningful taglines, but we have to then go, oh, and this, this is what it means. And this is why I chose that, you know, body beyond babies tagline was group exercise with nannies. I probably would have said group exercise with childcare as I move forward. Um, that is so simple. It doesn't need to be harder than that. And think about if your brand name clearly talks to your market and tells them what you do. If it doesn't and you're really attached to it and, and that is the brand that you want, make sure that your tagline clearly defines what you do and who you're doing it for. Don't make it too complicated. Um, create or update your social media channels to reflect your brand and your offering and all of those things. Create your flyer. So I'm a big fan of old school flyering. I think that although I just said create social media channels, socials come second when you're running a local business and your goal is to become the go-to trainer or you know fitness business for mums in your area. Being known and getting locally famous is your number one goal. Your socials are the, it's the 
credibility piece. It's the coherence piece. It's where people that have seen you in your local community will then get inevitably onto Facebook, onto Instagram, they'll Google you, and they need to see something that shows up that looks like you. So they need to then go, oh, I've seen this person in my community. community. When I go to their online presence, does it align with what they're telling me they are in my community? And you do need that piece, but the most important pieces that you're known in your community. So flyers are a really, really good one. You want everywhere you go, mums to be knowing that you are the person that they want to go and work with. Um, Create your social media plan. So you do need a social media plan in order to have, you know, for it not to be stressful. You know, inside MumSafe, again, we provide you with a month's month's worth of socials that you can get your hands on and then create your JPEG. So I definitely recommend doing not generic, but creating templates so it becomes an easy process. So something that aligns with your brand that you can keep using and using and using. We love a good lead magnet or we call it a giving piece, some reason that when people align with you or get come into contact with you online, they want to then become state that little step closer to you. So if you have a checklist or a top tips or a video series or something like that on your Instagram page, you will then move that person from your Instagram to your database. And we really would like to have people closer to us. And you can send out a weekly email, have that beautiful conversation with them. And you can do all of this stuff before you launch. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see people do is not do any of the marketing and the brand awareness the education and the giving exercises until they've got something to launch. Now, ideally, you've got a bit of a runway on that. So whether it's a month, two months, three months, even six months, some of the most successful MumSafe trainers that we've had work with us or we have in our network are the ones that have gone, I want to launch this product for mums. I want to launch this. I want to launch my business. Maybe I'm on maternity leave. I want to launch a business in six months time. I'm going to go and become part of MumSafe so that I can learn the things that I need to do so that I can put that the messaging out into the world before I've even got anything to launch. And they're the businesses that seem to fly. They seem to take off really quickly, but the reality is they've been out there creating trust in the marketplace, educating mums on what they, what they do um, and helping them to get to know, like, and trust them. So really important that, or ideally you do this stuff before you launch your product or if you've got something launched already think about when you're going to push it out to market again and make sure you're doing these activities in your local community so that mums get to know like and trust you before you invite them to work with you again just have a quick drink lots of talking um and then I, I guess I was just talking about your lead magnet. Make sure you've got a nice little nurture sequence off the back of that. So there's automatic emails, which will save your time, but continue to communicate to the people that you want to work with via email. Then we want to create email uh, a campaign calendar to launch. So these are the actions that you're going to do in your local community and in the background, sorry, in the background or and online in order to launch your sessions. So inside MumSafe, I'm saying that a lot, but there's a lot of resources inside of MumSafe. Inside MumSafe, we provide you with a campaign calendar template. And on each specific day, on this day, I'm going to do this. On this day, I'm going to do this. So it might be, I'm going to go out flyering. I'm going to 
create this Instagram post. I'm going to um, go into my local community, create relationships with my women's health physio. I'm going to let them know my sessions are launching. I'm going to go and collaborate with a local coffee shop and do a, a promo at the coffee shop. All of those different touch points that you do in, in the lead up to launch of your launching your sessions for the first time. And then every time you you relaunch your session. So we generally do a quarterly cycle. You're going out to market once a quarter to invite people to do your trial sessions. And once you've got your campaign calendar sorted, you can rinse and rinse, reflect, rinse and repeat that calendar over and over and over again. Then we want to write some email templates. So when people come into our business, we know exactly the communication that we're doing with them. We want to create an onboarding procedure. We want to write our session plan. So we want to know what we're delivering to our clients in advance. And ultimately, we want to create a wait list. So before we launch our sessions, we want to have a wait list of people that are interested to join our sessions. This is going to give us some really, really good insight into how many people are interested before we launch in what we're launching. So people often say to me, Jen, how many sessions a week should I launch with? And I'm like, one or two. But if you were to do a wait list and you were to be out in your market, out in, out in the community, um, building your name, your brand, becoming locally famous, and you had a hundred people sign up to a wait list, you might go, you know what, maybe I can launch with four sessions a week. So four sessions a week of 10 people per session would be 40, 40 opportunities to exercise or 40 spots per week. Maybe you can launch with four sessions a week because you've got 100 people already sitting on your wait list. On the flip side, if you were thinking you were going to launch with four sessions a week, but you've only got four people on your wait list, you might want to rethink that as well and rethink the fact that you've got more actions that you need to do in your community prior to um, launching or launching too many sessions. Build relationships with local businesses that have mums as their client. And then this is a really big one get your car branded. Now, of course, you might need to tone down on the uh, any road rage. You've got to park well. Um, my husband had to really change the way he was talking to people in traffic. Let's just, let's just say that. Um, and yeah, if you've got your car branded and it's got your phone number on it and you park anywhere that someone doesn't like, they will call you. However, it's a really, really great marketing tool for your fitness business. Um, Six weeks out from launching your sessions, you want to do things like getting people on that wait list, post daily content on your social media um, with a call to action to your lead magnet and a call to action to your wait list. You want to make sure that you're emailing anyone that's jumped onto your uh, mailing list every at least fortnightly emails. I would recommend weekly and you're getting out in your community distributing flyers, really, really big one. Um, make sure you are finding out where you can do talks in your local community. That goes really well, goes down really well as well. And then three weeks out from launching your sessions, you want to be saying your trial bookings are open now. So on social media, trial bookings are open, book your spot, make sure you've got all of those systems and processes and spreadsheets ready to be able to, and templates, email templates to be able to communicate with them seamlessly, book them into their trial, make sure you've got them documented, find out details about their baby, all of those things. Um, make sure you've sent them a pre-exercise screening 
planning before your before they come to their first session and handle that process really really professionally um, you could change your facebook banner to say trial sessions now open on facebook anywhere that you can communicate that you're now welcoming trials into your business is perfect Daily flyering near your location is, I always talk to our trainers about going out half an hour before the session you want to run, an hour in between, and sorry, the hour that you're going to run your session and half an hour afterwards. Make sure you're doing that before you launch your sessions. Yeah. You, when you put the effort in prior to launching, it will reap the rewards. When you go out there and you literally go, oh, I'm going to hand out flyers now. We're launching on Wednesday. Not quite the same effect. we want to email our database, letting them know that trials are open and repeat these tasks regularly over, um, over the coming weeks. When you are getting closer and closer to those launch sessions, you want to make sure that you send logistics out, your onboarding emails, confirmation emails to those people that have booked trial sessions. I can promise if you don't communicate with them, probably 50% of the people that have booked think that they've booked a trial or they intend to come will not come because you've not sent them any communication beforehand. You've not sent them an SMS the night before. You've not made sure you've nurtured that person in order to get them to your sessions. So make sure you've got all of that set up um, and make sure you're communicating this excitement on your social media. So, you know, sending like posts saying trials start tomorrow, send that out to your database, get really excited about that on your social media, go live, go live with people that you've never met before or people that you are in your local community that know your clients or have your clients, um, you know, get, get, create that buzz in your community and on your social media around the fact that you're launching something new. Um, and while you're doing that, make sure you refine your session plans and all of the ways that you're going to, to nurture your mum focused um, clients. So make sure you're really covering off the bases in terms of delivering quality training sessions. Send conf- send your confirmation emails, send SMSs, make sure you ask for replies. This is things you need to do the night before. Um, pack your car, get ready, make sure everything is planned the night before you launch. And then when you get there, you, you've got to your launch weeks now, you're super excited, you're well pre- prepared, arrive early. It's the biggest thing. You might've done this trip, you might've done a dry run, but make sure you know how long it takes you to get there. You know, if you've been going in school holidays and now it's not school holidays, give yourself that extra time. Make sure that you are well prepared for things to go not necessarily as smoothly as you might want them to during your sessions. Document when people come in, who's turned up, who hasn't turned up. Run your session as planned. And then when you've run your session, ask them how they went and if they'd like to come back. So I definitely see people not asking those questions and people come into their sessions. They've got them all excited. They've done all the thing. They get to the end of the session. They go, thank you. Bye. And there's been no communication around the next step. So even the question, how did you go? Would you like to come back? Is going to get you a, the, a lot of information that you need. Some people will sign up with you there and then on the spot. And I highly recommend if you can get one of those square machines and things like that now, sign them up straight away. Other people might need a couple of days, but please make sure you follow up with them. Um, you've done all of this hard work to get them to your session. They've turned up. And if you don't follow up those people that are not ready to sign up on the dot, you're going to lose them. Um, 
during your sessions, take photos for your socials, document it, post all on your, on your, you know, social media trial start today. This is what we've been doing. Um, and for anyone that didn't attend, make sure you follow them up straight away to ask them to rebook. Um, and anyone that is committed, if you've not got the payment on the spot, make sure you follow them up immediately afterwards to, um, to lock them in, to make sure they're coming back. And if you've got those mums that have turned up, but maybe they've had a hard time, maybe their baby didn't settle, you know deep down that, that the session that they experienced isn't the session that would help them to know that they're they're in the right place. Offer them another one. You know, working with mums, working outside, if that's your choice, are two, sorry, working with children, they're some of the hardest um, variables to work with in the fitness industry. So if you know that someone hasn't had the session that could give them the experience that they definitely want to come back to, invite them again. You know, there's nothing wrong with inviting someone back when you know that they've not had the best experience. And often that experience has nothing to do with you. It's things that are completely out of your control. So like I said, it's the babies or it's the weather, um, or maybe it's what happened the night before, which I guess would be the babies. But please make sure you're following up your clients. Um, send a follow-up to whether they signed up with you or not. Send a follow-up the next day. Make sure you ask them how they're feeling. Um, check in with them. And then keep repeating this process every day of your trial. So your goal is to create what we call an oversubscribed business. And we're going to be going into what oversubscribed means and the value of being oversubscribed in an upcoming episode. And that is one of the most valuable things you can do for your fitness business. So you get to the point where your sessions are sold out. Mums know that they need to sign up and everyone's communicating well. So you're not in a situation where you're not knowing who's coming. You've got all of these spaces. You're trying to sell all of the time. We get you to a point at the end of your trial sessions where all of your sessions are filled or ideally all of your sessions are filled. So now for the remainder of the term and outside of the trial weeks, you can turn your attention to delivering those sessions really well inside of your business and also sharing really great, valuable, what we call giving information with people on your socials and people that might like to come and work with you next time. So that was a lot. What I would do is highly, highly recommend um, that you jump on to my website. So go to jendugard.com. So www.jendugard.com forward slash checklist. Download everything that I've just been through. There's actually another session section at the end, which is called post launch and the things, the actions that you need to be doing inside of your fitness business once you close those trial periods in order to set you up or get you moving um, seamlessly towards the next term um, in a really organized way. So some of the biggest feedback that we get from trainers that have, maybe they've had a, an existing business prior to joining MumSafe is that their business is now so much more streamlined that they have implemented systems, policies, procedures, spreadsheets, all of the things that we provide you that they hadn't been doing before. And this checklist is simply an example of all of the awesome things that we provide inside of MumSafe. I guess now I'm talking about it. Doors will open one more time 
this year in November, and you can now waitlist to become a mum safe trainer. Um, if you're not ready to become a mum safe trainer yet, and you just want that checklist, go get that, go set yourself up, go, um, implement some really good systems and policies and procedures so that you are operating with structure and with much, much less stress. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that that was helpful. I know these solo, the solo episodes kind of feel a bit, bit weird for me. I'm like talking to myself, but my goal in these episodes when I show up on my own is to give you some real insight into um, the way that we do things inside of MumSafe, the way that I've done things or revolutionized things inside of, whether it's Body Beyond Baby and then moving into the, the way my current business looks like and to make sure that you're getting some real tangible, usable things that through this podcast that you can implement into your business. Um, and when you're ready, we'd love to welcome you into the MumSafe community. Have a beautiful day ahead, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the MumSafe Movement podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for being with us for this episode today. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure to have one more conversation that takes us closer to our goal of safe and effective exercise for all women at every stage of motherhood. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please make sure you hit follow wherever you listen to your podcast and rate and review so more people can join us next time. For further information about anything we've talked about in this episode, head to jendugard.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to connect with me in person, I would love to hear from you over at my Instagram at jendugard. Thank you for your voice in this space. Have a beautiful day.